Welcome to AJ Long Reads, where we bring you the best of Al Jazeera's long-form journalism to listen to in your own time. Well, this is the story about how a Cabo Verdean musical practice, recognized by UNESCO as an intangible cultural heritage of humanity, was born. I'm Joe DeFrias, and you're listening to Morna, Cabo Verde's music of displacement and return, written by Beatriz Romalo da Silva. Just a quick word on pronunciation. This island country is pronounced many different ways. Cape Verde, Cape Verde. With your blessing, I'll pronounce it the way I grew up hearing it. Cabo Verde. Mariana dos Santos was 18 years old when she left her home in Cabo Verde, the archipelago of volcanic islands off the coast of West Africa for neighboring Saint Tomé and Principe. It was 1954, and she had been given a contract to work picking coffee, coconut, and cocoa at a plantation. She joined the thousands of Cabo Verdeans leaving the country to work as laborers in other Portuguese colonies, something promoted by the colonial authorities as a way of alleviating demographic pressure on the islands and filling labor gaps abroad. I felt like it was time. I was growing up enough, and I had to go look for a better life. The now 85-year-old tells Al Jazeera. On the day Mariana was set to leave, her boyfriend João accompanied her to the port with his guitar. He serenaded her until she boarded the ship. Who showed you that faraway path, the path to Saint Tomé? Sudad, 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 he sang. If you write me, I will write you. If you forget me, I will forget you. The song Sudad was written down with some modifications by a local salesman, Armando Zafrino Suarez. Well, years later, it would become one of the world's most famous mornaj, a Cabo Verdean musical practice believed to date back to the 18th century. Cabo Verde is born out of the experience of forced migration, explains Edson Brito, a historian working at Cabo Verde's Cultural Heritage Institute. The Ten Island Archipelago is one of the few nations in the world to be born out of the transatlantic slave trade. In the 1400s, Portuguese settlers occupied the islands, turning them into a trading post where enslaved people would be taken from West Africa and trafficked to Europe and the Americas. After the abolition of slavery under the Portuguese Empire, recurring droughts and desertification in Cabo Verde resulted in periods of famine and epidemics. Well, this led to several eras of mass migration, which shaped the history of the nation, like the one that took Mariana to Saint Tomé and Principe for more than 10 years. It was against this backdrop of emigration and return that Morna was born. And in December 2019, it was recognized by UNESCO as an intangible cultural heritage of humanity. Initially performed by women who were brought into the archipelago from West Africa and forced into slavery, Improvised songs were used by cantaderas, women singers, to speak of day-to-day affairs, often taking on a satirical format. People would be placed on the island and forced to take care of cattle, and it is believed that Morna comes from an ancestral African rhythm called Landum or Landu. Until today, if you travel to Boavista Island, people still practice Landu in weddings, explains Brito, who was a member of the commission that provided supporting evidence for the UNESCO application. Despite there being some consensus on the origins of Morna amongst the country's scholars, Cabo Verdeans are not always as quick to agree. Brito explains that because of the archipelago's fragmentation, people were historically unaware of what happened on neighboring islands. 
When I was traveling throughout the country, most elders would tell me with certainty that Morna was born on their island. We are a discontinued country. Only around the 1940s, with the arrival of broadcast radio, does this begin to change. Over time, Morna, also known as Musica Reña, Queen Music, underwent several changes to its melodic and rhythmic characteristics, becoming the slower, more mournful version heard today. Characterized by three dimensions of melody, poetry, and dance, Morna is often sung in criollo, Portuguese-based creole, though it can be instrumental too. In 1867, Eugenio Taverge was born on the island of Brava. At the age of 12, he started publishing poetry and soon became one of Cabo Verde's most prominent poets and Morna composers. Taverge lived through the aftermath of the abolition of slavery in 1875, as well as waves of hunger that led hundreds of Cabo Verdeans to leave for the United States. This period coincides with one of the first periods of mass emigration of Cabo Verdeans to North and South America, predominantly the United States and Argentina. Whaling ships would stop for fuel and would take sailors with them, explains Brito. The Cabo Verdeans, who predominantly settled in Boston, New Bedford, Providence, and Nantucket Island, took Morna with them. Tavares spent a decade in exile in New Bedford, where he started his own newspaper and became a fierce advocate for Cabo Verdean independence. Like Morna singers and composers who succeeded him, Tavares became a translator of Cabo Verdean life, writing extensively of Sudad, the nostalgia for the homeland, for the Crechu, loved one, and the uncertainty of return. He won praise for his ability to express the dilemma at the center of Cabo Verdean life, the pain of leaving, and the desire to do so in search of better conditions. He equated emigration with sorrow, writing, We sing with water in our eyes. We dance whilst our soul is grieving. Speaking of the absence of freedom and decent living conditions on the islands, he wrote in the Morna, Oradibai, time for departure. Captive body you go, for you are slave. O soul alive, who will take you? The song that Mariana's boyfriend Joao sang to her that day in 1954 spoke of Sudad, a term considered to be untranslatable from the Portuguese Sudad and the Latin Solitat, which embodies the feeling of nostalgia and longing that comes from the absence of someone or something in the past. Years later, the modified version was arranged by the Cabo Verdean musician Paulino Vieira and interpreted by Cesaria Avora, the legendary Cabo Verdean singer and Grammy Award winner who died in 2011. So that became one of the most recognized tracks in the 1992 Grammy-nominated album Miss Perfumado, which marked Avora's commercial breakthrough. Growing up in the port city of Mindelo, Evoda began singing as a teenager in sailor taverns. Evoda would later recall how, as a young girl, she would sing in the city square, explaining in an interview, I did it to keep the sad things away. She became a familiar face throughout the island, known for her soulful voice. In the warm nights of San Vicente, Cizé, as she was affectionately known, was a regular presence in cafes and bars, often singing on the Portuguese ships that disembarked on the Mindelo Harbour. But it wasn't until 1988, when she was 47 and living in Paris, that her international career began. She would sing of love, longing, 
and often about her little island of Saint Vicente. It was not only Mornage, but often Coladeraj, a more upbeat genre of Cabo Verdean music and other rhythms of the islands that Avora brought with her. Interpreting a morna by the composer Manuel de Novas called Sombras di Destino, Shadows of Destiny, Avora sang, My life is rootless like the fate of a Cabo Verdean son with a fickle peace. My fate is to suffer in nostalgic silence. Her warm vocals sometimes concealed the gravity of the stories she narrated, speaking of suffering and resilience. In an interview with a Portuguese newspaper, Publico, she explained, Nobody understands Creole, but that's not important. The music says everything. They understand the music. In Amorna Pareso di Atlantico, Atlantic Paradise, written by the same composer, Vora meditated on the conflicted relationship with her homeland. Cabo Verde is a broad-leaved tree. Planted in the middle of the Atlantic, its branches have spread out throughout the world. Each leaf is a beloved son, who has gone far, venturing abroad in search of a better and more dignified future. Our people are united in peace and social grace, Cabo Verde, small and cherished, cradle of love and nostalgia, paradise of the Atlantic. As the audiences for Evora's music grew, the accolades started to arrive, but she remained unchanged. An inimitable presence on stage, carrying the stories of the archipelago and the words of its poets throughout the world. One of these poets was Francisco Xavier de Cruz, also known as Beleza, one of Cabo Verde's most acclaimed moderna composers, and Evora's cousin. Beleza was known for his distinct lyricism, which launched him into fame in the 1940s. Growing up on the island of Saint Vicente, Bilaz's parents worked for British employers, as did many Cabo Verdeans on the island. At a crossroads between three continents, the city of Mendelo became a crucial coaling station for Britain in 1848, and by 1900 was amongst the largest in the world, with thousands of vessels stopping for coal, communications, and provisions. With the onset of the Great Depression in the 1930s, these numbers dramatically decreased, but the port remained busy over the following decades. Life in the port city greatly influenced Beleza's music. Spending time with Brazilian sailors who had brought their guitars with them, Beleza began to incorporate elements of Brazilian music into his own Morna compositions. He was later credited with revolutionizing the melody and harmonic structure of the musical practice. A consequence of the country's insularity, Beleza's Mornage often spoke of the ocean, which was sung as both a mediator between the homeland and the terra longe, faraway land. Some believe that the cadence of the waves can be heard in Morna's slow, danceable rhythm. One of his widely known Mornas, Mar Azul, Blue Sea, was interpreted in an album of the same name by Evora in 1991, kickstarting her international career out of France. Oh sea, stay calm and let me go to see my country again and kiss my mother. Oh blue sea, swell gently. Oh moon, light my way so I can return to my little Saint Vicente and kiss my love. O sea, the years have passed, time has flown, the sun has shone, the moon has risen, and I am still far away in a distant land, O sea. Yet for Beleza, the ocean was a conflicted territory, both an oppressor, the cause for the archipelago's insularity, and the key to survival, the connection with the outside world. The ocean fueled the dreams of those who longed for a better life, but it was also the reason for pain. Sudad, and dreaded departure. 
In his hometown of Mindelau, the composer would often be found playing by the door of his house, which was regularly full and brimming with music. Throughout the island, people would come to order serenades for loved ones or songs to mark important events, which the composer would deliver within days. In the last years of his life, deteriorating health left him confined to a wheelchair after a lifelong battle with Pott's disease. His wife and children moved to Lisbon, and the composer spent his time teaching and writing. It is believed that days before his passing, at the age of 53, Beleza wrote Lua Nha Testimunha, The Moon is My Witness. Ask the moon in the sky, my companion in loneliness, moon vagabond of space, moon my companion in loneliness, who knows my whole life, my misfortune. Tell the one I love how I suffer without him. While Morna covers a variety of themes, it is distinct for the way in which it depicts the experience of migration, speaking of love, the yearning for the homeland, and for those who leave. I cannot step on stage without playing Morna, says Tito Perez, an acclaimed Cabo Verdean musician living in Lisbon. Tito learned his first guitar chords with his sister Veronica at the age of seven. Three years later, he began playing in Cabo Verdean's Music Nights, accompanying some of the island's most recognized artists. At 19, he left for Lisbon, joining the notorious Morna singer Bana. Leaving Cabo Verde was very tough for me. I left my friends behind, my reality. Morna already lived with me, in my soul. But I began to appreciate it more once I moved abroad. When I listened to it on the Portuguese radio, I would be very proud of what we have. What we have is a classic. I treat Morna like the Americans treat the blues. When Tito arrived in Lisbon in 1982, there was already a growing community of Cabo Verdeans who left following the decolonization movement of the late 1970s. Abroad, the musical practice became a part of daily life, passed on between generations. In Lisbon, everybody would get together and sing, and everyone wanted to record. It was a way for people to meet, to have a nice cachupa, traditional stew, a nice fish broth, to play a good guitar, and have a nice grog, sugarcane brandy. Music was always very important for the community. When I play a morna with Cabo Verdeans in Lisbon, if we close our eyes, we are singing in Mindelo, or any other city in Cabo Verde. Tito eventually worked on the arrangement of one of Cesario Vora's albums. Today, he is one of the biggest ambassadors of Cabo Verdean music abroad. We have to be the ones to tell our story and our history, to share our music and the message of the great composers. Tito believes that Morna remains closely connected to Cabo Verdean's sense of identity, both at home and abroad, particularly amongst younger generations. Getting to know your roots, where your parents are born, the school they went to, talking to your neighbors, all of this is Morna. Going for a dive, having a turismo, crackling, drinking a coffee straight from the fire, this is Morna too. Teofilo Chantre, a Cabo Verdean composer and musician who wrote various songs for Evora, explains, Morna is the bridge we create between Cabo Verde and the diaspora. Chantre, who moved from Cabo Verde to Paris at 14, says it is a feeling of being alive, of telling a story, 
of reliving things. It's very connected to this. It's a sadness, but more like a joyful sadness. In Cabo Verde, we play a morna thinking of those who are far away, of those who are no longer with us. I always think of my grandparents, and it is the sudad of those who left, and in the diaspora, it is the sudad of return, of reliving something of the past. In a song he wrote at 24, Segunda Geração, Second Generation, Chantre imagines the life of a young person born abroad. I was born in the cold climate of a Western country. My father and my mother kept their traditions, making me feel sudad in a morna, trying the taste of a kashupa, getting to know our morabeza. I am Creole, an emigrated Creole of second generation who does not want to lose his identity. But I respect the land that has welcomed me, and I learned to live in its society. Over the years, Morna has become an important piece of historical text, mirroring Cabo Verde's history and day-to-day life throughout the centuries, and speaking also of the hardships of life under slavery and colonialism. Today, it continues to be passed on through generations, and is generally played with a viola, cavaquinho, violin, piano, and the violão, the instrument of excellence in Morna. It remains part of the collective day-to-day life of many Cabo Verdeans, often also being played at baptisms, weddings, and funerals throughout the islands and abroad. Armando Tito was seven years old when he first started playing in his hometown of San Vicente. First, I started playing on a frying pan because I didn't have any instrument. Later, my father had a guitar made for me. My father taught me my first chords. Everyone in my family played. My mother, my siblings and we would make sure to teach anyone who would want to learn. Everyone would come around to our house to learn how to play music. It was like a school, and nobody had to pay. Being poor would be over in a second. And that's why we would teach our fellow neighbors how to play for free, because having a group of people around us was more important. That is how we fed our spirit. So, Morna helped a lot of people. It helped those who played, and helped those who listened. Our poverty in Cabo Verde, it was rich for me. Even when I was hungry, I had music in my heart, and it made me happy. By the age of 10, Armando had already recorded his first album with Cesare Avore in Cabo Verde. We were good friends, since I was a child. At 13, he met Beleza. I would go over to play music at his house. At the time, he was already sick, in his wheelchair, but he would sit there and listen to us play every weekend. Like Beleza and Devora, living in the busy city of Mindelo, Armando's life was marked by the ships that disembarked at the port. In the 1960s, we met people from all over the world. Russian, Japanese, Greek. We would go over to the ports to earn money to survive. We would try to learn their music so that we could play it when they arrived. Even if we didn't always know how to play it properly, they would love it. I would take foreigners around in the evenings. We would play in bars and play all sorts of instruments. Playing for foreigners was a way we found to make a living. Years later, Armando reunited with Avora, joining the band that recorded the song Sudad for the album Miss Porfimado. He traveled with Avora on the world tour for the acclaimed album, performing Mornish from across Cabo Verde. Initially, it was only meant to be eight shows. Then we ended up performing 32. I saw it with my own eyes. When we played in Japan, I remember seeing people crying in the audience. Most people had no idea what the lyrics meant, but somehow 
The feeling was there. Cezette carried the feeling of her own life when she sang. All of us, when we execute something with dignity, we feel our sorrows too. So music feeds my soul. It's my form of therapy. The song Soudade that João sang for Mariana that day in 1954 was eternalized in the voice of Cesario Vora and became a universal anthem for Cabo Verdeans throughout the world. It was seen to symbolize the struggles endured during colonization, epitomizing the story of the nation and questioning the legacy of people forced to leave for work, many never to return. After João serenaded her, Mariana set sail on a ship that took nine days to reach Saint Tomé from her hometown of Saint Nicolau. I was very sad to leave, she remembers. I was there for ten years and four months. The pay was very little. <laughs> it was the time of the Portuguese, she says with a gentle laugh over the phone from the house she lives in with her grandson. I was so happy to return to Cabo Verde, to be back in my land, in my country. She returned from Saint Tomé a decade later, but Mariana never saw João again. Recently, she found out he had passed. She continues to treasure the song Soudad, despite preferring the original version serenaded to her. When I remember that song today, my heart is happy. It reminds me of a time when I was younger she says. Despite never meeting Mariana, the song Sodad carries a personal meaning for Armando too. When people were embarking to Saint Tomé, we would take them to the boats, serenading them. It was our tradition. People would get together and everyone would play, often improvising songs do. I did it a few times. It was incredibly sad because we were taking all those people to that boat they would be given a mat to lay down, and people would be placed in the ship's hold, you know? My sister used to play music too. But one day she ran away from home and went looking for a better life. They would make these contracts, and she was given some money, a ticket, a mat for the boat, and a blanket to cover herself. That's what that life was like. It was tough. They would whip people's backs. It would happen to everyone. Some people would be made into foremen. I stayed home to take care of my mother, my father, and my youngest brothers. We would go to school, and at 6 p.m. we would pick up our instruments and play by the door of our house. Everybody would pass by, and they would be entertained. This was our life. My sister came back, 16 years later, with four children. She never played music again. Armando left Cabo Verde at 23 in 1968 after being invited by Bana, a renowned Cabo Verde musician known as the King of Morna. He joined one of Cabo Verde's best-known bands, Vosges de Cabo Verde. Armando was one of the first Cabo Verdean musicians to arrive in Lisbon, seven years before Cabo Verdean independence. In 1975, the decolonization movement allowed composers to write without fear of censorship. 5th of July by Manuel de Novage. Brother, we are free and independent. Let me hug you. A hug of a free man. Cabo Verde is free and independent. Free from the chains of colonialism and of the humiliations we have lived. Like many Cabo Verdeans, Armando faces his experience of living Cabo Verde with ambivalence. When we immigrate, we do it to gain a better life. 
if everyone had a good life anywhere in the world, they would never immigrate. My mother stayed, and my father too. It has been 52 years since I left. Today, Armando is considered an icon of Cabo Verdean music, known for his mastery of the violon, guitar. He continues to carry the modernos he grew up listening to, the songs of Beleza and Eugenio Tavares, and the stories from his days playing by the docks. I will always miss Cabo Verde, and wherever I play, I take Cabo Verde with me. Today, the Cabo Verdean diaspora outnumbers the country's population, with an estimated 1 million people who live abroad and approximately 500,000 on the islands. The children and grandchildren of Cabo Verdeans who settled in the diaspora rarely return. Yet the experience of migration remains a central part of the lives of those who stay, with many Cabo Verdeans living with the help of foreign remittances. Cabo Verde has 10 islands, and we usually say the 11th is the diaspora, says Mara Andrade, a Cabo Verdean singer and songwriter. Mara Andrade is amongst a new generation of artists living abroad whose music bridges contemporary sounds with various ancestral rhythms of Cabo Verde. As a teenager, Mara was named by Cesaria Vora as her likely successor in an interview. The two later became friends. It was a blessing for me, because she was so particular. It was very important. And at 18, I did the first part of her concert. Cesaria left a big gap and a lot of Sudad for what she represented, but also for who she was. Evora, along with other modern singers of her generation, such as Titina Rodriguez and Selena Pereira, was crucial in influencing a new generation of predominantly women singers. Mara Andrade went on to have her own career, playing in venues throughout the world, such as Carnegie Hall, Royal Albert Hall, and more recently, the Olympia in Paris. It would be strange if Morna did not influence me. It carries a very deep Cabo Verdean sentiment. And it's a genre that is common to all the islands. Morna is like a background in my childhood, in my trips, and the fact that I've lived abroad. Morna is like a vehicle through which we connect to our feelings. It's like a constant training in the expressions of our emotions. We end up printing and giving life to something that may have happened in one day, in an instant eternalizing that feeling. It travels throughout decades, and it feeds new generations successionally. Throughout the years, Mara's music has kept a continuity in its storytelling, bringing together both personal narratives and stories of Cabo Verde. In a song she wrote at 18, Rapport de Immigration, a Cabo Verdean coladera, Mara sings, Oh see, take this morna to them. Tell them that one day our children will no longer long for their homeland, our mothers will no longer lament their children who departed on a ship to a foreign land. The song, Mara explains, is a tribute to her grandfather, whose boat, Maria Soni, helped Cabo Verdeans immigrate. We are an immigrated people. We have decades of migration. And we all have families that are dispersed, separated, torn apart, however you look at it. There are so many stories of pain. And then, there are the children of these immigrants who grow up with an imaginary country, of which they inherit a very strong culture. But there is a search for identity. So immigration is something that defines us. Even those who never left are in some way related to immigration because they have a piece of them that lives abroad. This imaginary country is a reality for many young Cabo Verdeans who never meet their homeland.
Today, Morna gains a new meaning for a youth that learns about the country's history through the genre, finding familiarity in its stories, which may resonate with those they grow up listening to. When I left at 17, I felt incredibly alone, looking for my destiny. And there I realized a lot of things in our literature, our music, our poetry. Mana believes that music plays a central role in construing a sense of belonging for those abroad and in inviting young Cabo Verdeans to celebrate their roots. Younger generations generally grow up with a very strong Cabo Verdean culture at home. So when I play a song, even if they don't know it, they may hear something that relates to their upbringing. They might think, wait, I grew up with this. Or my mother used to say this. In a way, it is as if music consciously or unconsciously creates that path that brings people back to Cabo Verde. The desire to return remains a feeling that unites many Cabo Verdeans. Mara explains a common saying in Cabo Verde, a line from a morna written by Eugenio Taverge. Se cabado, cata berado. This is a phrase we use a lot to console ourselves every time we have to leave or every time someone leaves. It's actually written in the roundabout by our airport. Essentially, it says, how will I return if I never leave? So in a way, it's the attempt to see the positive side of departure. It is the idea that we leave to be able to return again. Thanks so much for listening to AJ Longreads. I hope you enjoyed the story. Cabo Verde's Music of Displacement and Return, written by Beatriz Romalo da Silva. Saudade, saudade, saudade